Hey, Marie, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I am uh, doing pretty good. This week, I've been doing a little bit of work on the side project app I've mentioned a few times that's sort of like, kind of like a personal CRM. And what we've been doing, I'll just go into this a little bit. What we've been doing kind of so far is my buddy who's been doing a lot of the backend dev work, he's been sort of building features. And I've been just sort of like doing very basic vanilla design. You know, he'd give me his version. It's like, okay, well, this is terrible. So I need to make it look presentable. Um, and usable, but that's all it's been so far. So there hasn't been any sort of like style to it. Mm -hmm. And this week was finally where I was like, okay, I went through and I've kind of was trying out a few things and I felt, I feel like I found a good design language. I just sort of like changed the nav buttons to give them a certain style and then updated like the logo to kind of match that. And then it's amazing how just like, it was literally just sort of changing those nav buttons, just like across the top, there's like three buttons of like pages to go to and just changing the style of those to something that was a little less like templatey, like doing that has like reinvigorated the rest of the whole app. Like, because now I look at it, I'm like, oh, well now this page doesn't make sense with that. So I have to update, like I have add icon here and change the way this lays out there. And so it's been very exciting because it's like, we're still figuring stuff out, but now I have a little bit of design language Mm -hmm. to like lean on for influencing other decisions we're making in the design. And so it's it's a very fun space to be. (laughs) That's super exciting. I love that, that feeling and that stage as well. Like you sort of said it, like it's the big difference between something that's unstyled and that's styled, like that makes all the difference in terms of how you want to use it or engage with it. And I love that part of development as well. Like I know sometimes when I develop a new feature, I'm like, okay, just focus on the functionality because you got to get that working first and then come back and kind of style it at the end. But I never end up doing it that way. Somewhere along the way, I get tempted and I'm like, I'm just going to add a little bit of styling. And (laughs) and maybe that does influence the functionality. Like maybe I need to code some logic in to make that styling occur when I want, or it might change the way I do the logic. So I'm like, okay, we'll probably just do them at the same time. But there's always a part of me that thinks maybe you should just nail like some of the logic first and then style at the end, but never happens that way for me. And Right. But I love it. It's like one of my favorite bits is when it feels like it's coming to life when it actually yes. has the yeah, style. Yeah, that's exactly that feeling like it's coming to life. Because before now, it's felt like this play project that we're sort of building and it does some mm. stuff, but now like it gives it some life and now you feel like, oh, we could actually, we're really close to being able to let people use this because like it feels like a real thing. It -hmm. doesn't feel like we just like slapped a couple functions together and called it an app. And so that's that's like a really um, exciting place to be. Because of that, now I'll probably have that fire a little bit of like, we got to get a signup page so that we can get some early users and let people actually try using it so we can get a lot of that really helpful early feedback. But yeah, so that's what's going on kind of with me. What's going on in uh, your world? This week, I've done a little bit of like boring stuff, like businessy stuff behind the scenes, which still has to happen. So I worked with our accountants in the US because we have a US entity and an Australian entity. So mm. I've got to do two sets of taxes, oh which is crap. But That's awful. <laughs> um, but I was working with them to try and sort of sort that out. Yeah. And well, he actually joined us last week, but we've got a new team member. So I think it was last week or the week before I sort of mentioned that we had sort of these hiring challenges and and somebody left after two weeks. Mm-hmm. That was a different role. That was more like a, um, a customer service role. So this is a new, completely different role and a new person. He's helping with 
dev, like software dev, and he's been amazing. So it's just been super fun to have another developer on the team. Mm -hmm. And I've been going like full nerd because (laughs) now I can actually talk to someone who knows that stuff. And I've always wanted to work with someone who's like way better than me because then I can learn stuff as well. And he's just really good. So we've been kind of nerding out on stuff. And so Llama Life is built in React. I guess up until this point, I never really used like many custom hooks mm-hmm. in the app because didn't really feel the need for it. But recently I've got to the point where like this needs to be refactored. And we talked about it in a previous episode, I think that it's kind of got to the size where it's actually getting in the way of like the speed at which we can build new things because of the right. complexity of certain components. And I'm like, I need to refactor this and it's the right time and someone just joined. So it is the right time because now someone else can come in and we can refactor it together in, in a way that makes sense for both of us and get someone else's opinion. Because of that, I've been looking at custom hooks and we won't go too much into detail on this because it's a <laughs> massive rabbit hole. But I was mentioning to you before this call, I'm like obsessed with custom hooks now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the feeling I get when I abstract something out into like a neat little package it gives me like this pleasure that is just so weird. I'm like, this is so great. Like it feels so organized. And uh-huh. I know, I know like, you know, we're still keeping our eye on, we need to ship the product and we need to ship that fast. But right. this is going to help us ship faster if we just spend a little bit of time refactoring it. And we're also about to do the mobile app. So we kind of need it neat for that because we're going to use React Native for the mobile app. So there'll be a lot of reusable logic and it needs to be understandable and like a lot more readable for that to happen. So interesting time. And like, I'm just super excited about the dev stuff because I feel like I'm learning a lot. And yeah, I just like went nuts on custom hooks just last night, actually. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I totally get it now because before I knew of them, but I never really used them. I'm like, oh, what's the point? Like, don't really need it. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so great. I'm such a big fan of them. (laughs) Anyway. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I remember, I believe it was, was it React Rally or I think it was just React Conf back when they announced hooks and Mm. I was totally in i like Salivating. immediately i was like <laughs> i am so in for this change i love i love this and yeah so i was a big big uh, hooks nerd for uh, quite a while i mean it does kind of like you mentioned like you could spend a long time doing that stuff and you don't need to but at a certain level it's definitely really nice to be able to extract some of that functionality mm-hmm, into those mm-hmm. hooks that you can just sort of reuse when you're spending more time like trying to read through to figure out what you've done cuz it's a really long component or function like you that's probably when you should abstract it out into a hook yeah and also i kind of knew the code base so i'm like it was easier for me to do that but now someone else is coming into it it just makes more sense to to do it now and and even myself i was spending a lot of time going what did i do like why is this so big (laughs) and and i have to remember that you know this is the first project i've ever built so some of the code's like three years old and it's like when i first started and Mm. you know i can see in my code editor like this was last edited three years ago and I look at it and I go, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I actually called, <laughs> called this guy and I was like, I'm really embarrassed because like I know some of this. Keep in mind that was the first line of JavaScript I ever wrote. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I could do it better now. Like I look at it and I cringe. Like so, so there's <laughs> definitely bits in there and we're not going to rewrite it just for that. But like it's, it's time. It's time to refactor. Yeah, that happens a lot at my day job where I do React apps and I've been there nine years now. Mm. And just the other day, there was some issue and you're trying to track it down. And I was like, 
who wrote this? And it was literally me eight years ago. And it was like, oh, same sort of thing. Like, wow, what I knew eight years ago was like night and day from what I know now. And so looking back, like, what in the world was I thinking? I was like, well, I just didn't know what I was doing, especially in React. Like React was like brand new back then. And so, yeah, that get blame. I mean, for you, get blame is almost always you. For me, it's kind of a surprise when something that old is my own code. What did you call it? <laughs> get blame? Yeah, get... Is that's, that a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. So if you... Oh. I mean, I guess you probably... You would never need to do it if you're doing it solo. But normally when you do get blame, you can kind of like go back through Git history and see who wrote <laughs> different lines of code and like when it was committed and stuff like that. The company I work at has like, I don't know, like 60 developers or something like that. And so there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen and it's a massive code base. So a lot of times like using Git blame is really needed to figure out like, like who can I talk to that knows this? Oh no, it's old me and I don't remember. So it's not helpful. <laughs> But all right, so we should we should pivot. Uh, so last week we hilariously uh, started our gear series where we were going to cover. We thought multiple. Ca- I think we have like eight categories, <laughs> and we were focused we on one the entire time. <laughs> and I think we still went over a tiny bit. So we looked at our remaining categories, and what we're going to do today, we're going to cover just like computers, keyboard, and mice. So that's going to be the main topic today. And then all the remaining stuff we're going to do next week in sort of like a lightning round. So we're going to go through next week will be sort of all the extra because a lot of the other stuff is sort of like extra, you know, like bags and things like that, which are cool to talk about. But we just we can't have this be a summer long series. (laughs) (laughs) As much as we like talking about it. Yeah, I love talking about gear, but we figured three episodes is good. Yeah. So computers, what are you running right now for your machine? So right now I have the MacBook Pro M1 14 inch. It's a beast. I love it. Before that, I had the M1 Air 2020, the first Air that came out. That was also a beast because I don't do video editing or anything like that. I just use it for coding mostly. And everything I've thrown at it has been fine. Like even the 2020 Air was fine, but I got the 14 inch MacBook Pro because I wanted a bit more screen real estate. The other one was 13 inch. This is 14 inch. Right, right. I also am a sucker for 120 hertz. I love (laughs) smooth, like scrolling and refresh rates and stuff. So I'm using that. Surprisingly, the speakers are also a massive upgrade. The first time I played music out of it, I mean, normally I don't really think about playing music that much through my laptop because it doesn't sound that great. Mm -hmm. But the first time I played music through the 14 inch Pro, I was like, whoa. I actually had <laughs> right. a reaction. I was like, whoa, this is really good, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, this is really good for a laptop. It was like, this is really good. Just full stop. It was pretty good. Nice, nice. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, so I, we, I, and I'm realizing now as we're talking about it, we did talk about this a little bit just like a few weeks ago with WWDC because they announced the new oh, the yeah. new MacBooks. Similar to yours, I have the MacBook Pro M1. I have the Max, and it's the 16-inch. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love having that larger screen, even still 16 inches, like it's it's a huge screen. So I wouldn't actually want it bigger, but even still, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I could use a little bit more screen real estate because I do like video editing and stuff like that. And because I don't know if it's my ADHD, but I like right now I just hit, you know, command tab and there's like 30 apps open. <laughs> I, I just like leave everything open all the time. So yeah. because of that always in the past I've run into memory issues like that's always that limiting factor for me it's like oh there's only a gig free of memory 
because I was going, I was like, I want this to be the machine that lasts me for a long time. I went for the big one and I did 64 gigs of RAM. And so, I mean, I'm using it like right now I look up and I'm not running anything other than, like I said, I have like 30 apps open, but I'm not doing any like video editing right now other than just recording this, but like Mm -hmm. 34 gigs are used right now. And so like it's using, like that memory is being used. Wait, you've got 64 gig, did you say? Yeah, so I have 64 yeah. gigs, and right now, looking up in the top, like Ooh. 28 gigs are free, 34 are being you, used. You really maxed it out. Like, you didn't yeah. just get the 16-inch. <laughs> you, like, maxed it out with all the upgrades. Yeah, I spared no expense. So I went all <laughs> out. It was, it was, you know what it was is I knew I needed a new laptop, and so it was a couple things. Like, I knew I needed a, a new laptop because I wanted my own laptop. Previously, I'd used kind of my work laptop for mm. things like that, and I was like, I want, I'm doing enough side stuff that I want to, like, I don't want on my work laptop. I I want my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I had just gotten a new, similar, I have like 16 inch MacBook Pro M1, not the Max, I think it's the M1 Pro, but it only has 16 gigs of RAM. And so I got that and it was like a big upgrade and I was running into the memory issues all all the time. So I was like, I'm gonna get my own. And I had just had that YouTube video that like blew up. And so I like had some money to work with. So I was like, I'm just gonna, go all out and get like the beefiest MacBook Pro that I can. And so that's why I went for the 64 gigs. Mine's just the base 16 gig. I think the Pro started at 16 gig, the pithy 16 gig. It's still great <laughs> though, like because it's M1. It's the Apple M1 Silicon. It's so like, great. It doesn't yes. matter. 16 yeah. sounds like a really low number, but it's great. And my MacBook Air, which I don't have now, that was only 8 gig. I actually wanted 16, but I couldn't wait. <laughs> and I could go into the store and get the 8 gig one just off the shelf, but I would have had to order and wait for the 16 gig. So me being me, I was like, I just want it now. And so I just <laughs> got it. And surprisingly, like I think I could work with 8 gig, but I much prefer the psychologically, just mentally knowing oh, yeah. I've got 16 gig. Mm-hmm. I never want to think about memory. And so mm. with 64 gig, I never have to think about memory and it's, yeah, it's that's, great. <laughs> yeah, you, you're set. Like you don't, you won't need a new laptop for years. Yeah. So hopefully this one uh, should be good for a long time. Yeah. So outside of that, and do you have any other, like not including tablets, because we'll talk about that next week, but do you have any other computers like in your house that you use at all? Yeah, I have a really old MacBook Pro 2015, 15 mm. inch. It's, the battery's dead. Like it has to run on the charger all the time and it's on a really old operating system I can't remember but that thing was a beast like that thing I can't bring myself to throw it out because you use it for anything or is it just sitting around your house it's more like a media player like I have it hooked up like as a media center kind of thing but that's it because it needs (laughs) it's not really a laptop anymore because it needs to be plugged in at all times right I just have a soft spot for it because (laughs) that 15 inch screen was like a sweet spot for me and I built like a lot of stuff on it and I just think it was like one of the great laptops and if you google that online there's articles on it it was one of the best and yeah I just kind of I just have it I think I'll always have it like as a memento it was one of the (laughs) first sort of big expenses that I laid out when I started designing and trying to think about apps and stuff all those years ago. So I think I'll just keep it. What about you? 
Yeah, so I, I mean, I have several tablets, like iPads and stuff like that. But as far as other computers, I'm trying to think. My wife has a computer. She has like a MacBook Air, which I think was like the original M1. Works mm-hmm. great for her. I used it for a long time. I had a Mac Mini that I used as sort of like a media you know, computer that was like hooked mm-hmm. up with Plex, which Plex is great. I don't really use it anymore, but back when I did, I used it a lot. And that, I, th- I think we sold that or we probably didn't. It's probably buried in a box somewhere. Mm-hmm. When I also have an old, like one of those white MacBooks, I have one of those also buried in a box somewhere, but I don't I don't use any other uh, computers. Yeah, so yeah. I, I have the just these two, the two like identical looking MacBook Pros, one is my work machine, like the company's machine, and then one's my personal work machine. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And that's pretty much it. Cool. So yeah, what about what about do you want to go mice or keyboard next? We could do we could do mice. Oh, actually I have two, but I'm not really using it. So the mouse that I'm using right now, it's the Logitech MX Anywhere 3. So it's quite a smallish mouse. It's good. It can connect to three different machines, like not that mm-hmm. I use it that way, but you can connect the Bluetooth to like three different... Oh, that different... is a tiny looking mouse. Yeah, it's tiny. It's good for traveling. Mm-hmm. Like I, And my hands are small anyway, so it's kind of mm-hmm. perfect for me. But it's also good if I want to just chuck it in my bag right. and if I'm going to a co-working space or whatever. But yeah, I'm using that. I, I like Logitech in general, but there is a slight issue I'm having when it pairs with the M1 MacBooks. Oh, really? Yeah, not just the MacBook, but it's specifically with external monitors. There's a little bit of lag that happens, mm. which bugs the hell out of me because <laughs> I think I'm really sensitive to stuff like that. Like I just, yeah. like I, I can, I notice it and I'm like, ugh. So do you use the, does it have one of those dongles? Do you use like a USB? The re- yeah, the dongle? unifying receiver. Uh, this one, I want to say, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I think it. <laughs> does but I don't use it and I have tried in the past with the receiver and it didn't make a difference it's something to do I was gonna say I had the opposite because I used to use the receiver and it seemed like it had weird stuff and then I switched to you using just bluetooth and it seems much more reliable so I'm like why do I even have this little thing I've spent hours trying to fix this lag and it's yeah it's I've tried different screen resolutions as well because I thought maybe there was a mismatch between like my laptop retina display and then my external monitor, which is not technically retina, I guess. It's 4K, but it's not really retina in Apple's eyes or something. Yeah, Yeah, there's all sorts of – you could go down a complete rabbit hole. I've spent so much time trying (laughs) to fix this. So I don't know. So I kind of – You know what it is. You need 64 gigs of RAM. That's what you need. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. I don't have any money to upgrade my laptop at the moment. And then I have another mouse. Hold on. I'm just going to get it. Oh, my gosh. Everything's falling off the table. Um, I don't use this anymore, but it's it still works. And I might use it again. It's the it's Logitech Performance MX, like a really old one. It's, the, oh. it's really ergonomic. Mm-hmm. It's really big. Oh, okay. I'm looking at it now. I had I had one of those. That that was a nice mouse. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I've it's- done, I think since way back in the day, Microsoft had one of the first laser mice. Like this is, mm. man, I'm dating myself. This is probably 20 years ago. Like the Microsoft mouse came out and it, ha- it was like one of the very first ones that had a laser. So kids, if you're listening, mice used to have these little balls that were like, <laughs> that were on the bottom. They'd collect oh all this horrible dust that yeah. you have to like get rid of. Oh, it's such a pain. But anyway, so I loved, I was like, oh, always really surprised back then. I'm like, Microsoft? Because Microsoft was like, 
you know, all they did was Windows. I was like, they have hardware that's good. But anyway, <laughs> then at some point I used that mouse for a long time and then I switched to Logitech. And I think every single mouse I've had since then has been Logitech. Yeah, yeah. They're just like the, Logitech the king in that space. Logitech are awesome for peripherals. Like, yes, yeah. Although I don't really like their new design choices for their keyboards. Mm. So I used to have some Logitech keyboards, which were fantastic, but the new ones are kind of weird. Like they got round keys and stuff and I'm like, uh... Oh yeah, know. I haven't used their I haven't used their keyboards. I think just mice. But so the one I have, it looks it's kind of similar to that Performance MX, but it's mm. the vertical. So it's oh, uh, cool. it's yeah, the yeah. Logitech MX vertical mouse. Yeah, and yeah. I got this uh, it was probably like four or five years ago. I started having like just a little bit of like RSI. Like I would have like little like shooting little pains and it, it was never really bad, but it was enough that I was like, oh, yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. had yep. me real scared. So I like changed how, like I looked into all the ergonomics. I changed how I sit at my desk because I used to keep my keyboard way in on my desk. So like I would rest like almost my elbows on my desk. That's what I do. Yeah. It's so bad. maybe, maybe you're forward. fine, but that yeah. was no, one no, of the things. No, like, my neck's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so when I looked into this stuff, like, don't take my word for it, but my recollection is basically like the keyboard should be as close to you as possible. So basically like your upper arm should go like straight up and down and then your forearm is what sticks out. And then the keyboard should just be basically right in front of you. Like it should be right at the edge of your desk, like right kind of at your stomach. I'm sitting up like extra straight now that you yeah. said that and I'm trying to position my keyboard. Yeah, I know what you mean. It feels more relaxed, but I, I think I get lazy and I like rest. I like resting my arms. Yeah, I I've pr- I much I prefer how it feels having it way in, but I was having these issues, so I was like, do all the things, and it mm. did help. It made it all go away. So I mm. moved the keyboard to the edge of the desk, which I don't love, but I'm used to it now. And then I got the vertical mouse, and I love it. It was really weird at first, yeah. but it made a huge difference. And I like if you ever for anyone that gets any sort of like pain or numbness, I highly recommend the vertical mouse. Like it, yeah, it feels yeah. great to use. I think that might be my next mouse. You should. It's it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, because I have a little bit of hand pain as well. Like I can feel it. You know, I, I can definitely feel it like coming on. Mm-hmm. The way I get around it at the moment is I'll just switch hands. Like I, so I'm right-handed, but I I trained myself to use my mouse with my left hand. Oh wow! And this kind of came from like way back in in like university kind of days, and I had one like lecturer professor. It was a psychology. Uh, lesson, I think. And he said, you should try using your mouse with your opposite hand, your non-dominant hand, because it actually sort of trains your brain. Like, you know, when you're right-handed, it's sort of using, some of it's sort of using the left-hand side of your brain, like the left hemisphere is kind of what he was saying. And if you, if you use your left hand, it's kind of using the opposite side of the brain. I, I don't know how technically correct all that is, but that's, that was what he said. And so come here for all your medical advice. We <laughs> definitely know everything. No. But, but it's kind of cool because when my right hand gets tired, I'll mm-hmm. just switch it to my left hand. And then That's I also, convenient. I go into settings on my laptop and I'll change the, the click. So I'll still make sure I'm, it's my pointer finger that is doing mm. the pointer click. So I'll just switch that as well. Cause that makes a difference because right. then my right click is now a left click on the mouse, but it's... That will be one thing with like the vertical, like you can't, you can't use it from switch. your opposite hand. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's shaped. I know, that's the thing that was holding me back. Mm-hmm. But I suppose if it fixes the problem in the first place, which is like Why not my just right have both mice? Tired. Like have one, one on each side. <laughs> 
You la- I, I did that this for a while. I actually excess. did that for a while on the this on the left. This is called excess. Like, <laughs> why don't you just, just buy two mice? Have one yeah, on each side. Two, two mice. Get extra keyboards so that you can have all the different kind of keys you want. Uh, actually, so we should switch to keyboards because we're we are running out of time, and we could probably nerd out for keyboards okay, for cool. a while. Keyboard, what, what do you keyboard. have for your keyboard? Okay, so I've got two keyboards at the moment. I have the Keychron K2 mechanical keyboard. The keys are not they're not hot swappable. Kind of regret that. I wish I bought mm. the hot swappable one, but I just got like the base model standard one. It's my first ever mechanical keyboard. I got right. really obsessed and I was like, I was worried that I was going to go in a massive rabbit hole. Like, because you can do a lot, you can get custom keyboards, yep. keycaps, uh-huh. switches. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I went onto like a Reddit subreddit for mechanical keyboards and I was like, no, I need to unsubscribe because it was too tempting. Yeah, this is a smart move. I did not do that. So we'll get to yeah, why yeah, in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so I have that. It's okay. The funny thing is like I convinced, so Nee is the person I work with and I convinced her to get a mechanical keyboard because I was getting all excited about my mechanical keyboard. And so she got one which was not as big a brand as Keychron. Like I know Keychron's still like an entry-level mechanical keyboard, but the brand she got, I was like, I never heard of this brand. And so she just ordered it off Amazon. And then she came to my house with this keyboard because sometimes she comes to my house so we can work in person. And the first time I pressed her mechanical keyboard, I was like, whoa. I was like, no way. Like her <laughs> no-name brand mechanical keyboard off Amazon feels better than my Keychron. And then I got like really annoyed. <laughs> Do you know what switches you have? Yeah, I have browns. I think okay. they're just like Gateron yeah, browns. Yeah, Gateron. Mm-hmm. Gateron. And hers are like some weird, I don't know, some really okay. random name. Browns are good. Like usually that's a good starter. Yeah, that's browns. what like I if you don't If you don't know anything about like yeah, mechanic yeah, yeah, keyboards, like browns are good. I prefer like clears a little bit more than brown, but they're sort of in that same wheelhouse. Same. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I've not heard. Yeah, I stopped. I'm like, I'm not, I can't go down this <laughs> rabbit hole. I have no time. So so I have that, but sometimes my hands get tired on it because I, you know, like there's more key travel to press mm-hmm. the keys down. And I do feel like I type a little bit slower because of that key travel. Like I need to lift my fingers more. Uh-huh. Anyway, so one day I was like, oh, I, I maybe want to try something different. And I got the Apple Magic Keyboard, just the base one. It hasn't got Touch ID or anything. I just wanted like mm. to try it. And it's surprisingly good. There's very, it's very low key travel, but you can still feel a click. And the thing I like about it is that it is exactly the same size and key placement as my laptop. Like exactly, I can lift it up, I can put it on top of my laptop keyboard and it is exactly the same, which Mm -hmm. for me, I think, I don't know, I guess it helps because of muscle memory. I don't know, I just feel like it's nice that it's exactly the same. And (laughs) with the Keychron, like I think there's one key different, like the function key or control or something is, there's one extra key or something, but it's also just bigger and I'm using the Magic Keyboard right now. But I like the fact that, if I wanted to, I can switch between them because I get bored really easily. So sometimes yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. switch. Yeah. What, what about you? Yeah. So I did not make the choice to stop looking at the subreddit. I got way involved <laughs> probably like, uh, I don't know, like six years ago or something like that. I kind of got turned on to like mechanical keyboards and looking into all the like all the, the keycaps. And like I was going to ask, like, what's your key profile? But you probably have no idea what that even is. Do you know what the no. key profile? Yeah. No. So I, I'll, I'll just say, so that's like the shape of the key. 
Um, oh. So I, yeah, I you like, really went more than me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the profile, I, I really love the SA profile, which is a very like old school. So it's very tall keys. Like it mm -hmm. looks kind of like a keyboard. Like it almost looks like a keyboard you would think you would see at like NASA in like the 60s or something. Because like okay. the keys are very tall compared to most keycaps these days are small. But I, lo I love the look and the way that those feel. So the, the keyboard that I have is the Ergodox Easy. And so it's a split keyboard. So it's like two different pieces. And that also helps with the ergonomic stuff so that I can have them apart a little bit so that my arms aren't like, like I'm not squishing my hands together in the middle. So it's over to the side. And it's also ortholinear, which means that like it, most keyboards are like sort of like this weird staggered where like under, you know, the A oh, yeah. key is a yeah, little yeah, to yeah. the right of the Q and yeah. there's no logic to it. It's not like yeah. that's for weird, ergonomic. Right? It's just like some legacy from like typewriters yeah. Um, I think it was because like typewriters had to do that so that like the mechanical arm that was attached to the key that hit the, that the, makes the sense. those didn't line up to or whatever. Fit, yeah, but it's so weird if you look at like a keyboard, like yeah, a normal yeah. staggered keyboard, because it, it's not uniform. It's like your left hand yeah. has to do this like weird movements that your right hand doesn't. It's it's very strange. You know, so, so I'm looking at my keyboard now because you're mm -hmm. saying that. And I, and I have looked at this before as well, but it's you're right. Like it's really weird that... So if I have my hands on the keys, like ASDF and the JKL semicolon, mm -hmm. um, me moving my pointer finger up to hit like a U is not really the same. Is it the same distance as me hitting the other? It's like me? the same distance, but in opposite directions. Because on your directions. left hand, yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah, move it's... to the left. And on the right hand, it's also going to move to the left. To the left. Yeah, yeah. It's like opposite. It makes no sense. So I'm... Yeah, you're right. Anti-staggered keyboards. They make they make no sense. Yeah. So now yours but, is all in a row. Exactly. Yeah. So all it's all like yep. perfectly vertical. So straight up and down. And the other thing that I love about it, I mean, you were talking about like when you switched to your MacBook keyboard, how it's like the same. Yep. That is not the case here because mine is highly customized because it has yeah, yeah. with the Ergodox, it has like these thumb keys. So you yeah. have like all these extra, and I use those for layers so that like most of the time I keep my fingers like on home row. I'm mean, going to type like regular, but anytime I want to do a symbol, I hold down my thumb key, which changes all my keys to like symbol keys. For example, like doing the plus symbol, I keep my left in index finger on F, but with my right thumb, I push down the symbol key and then I press the F and that's my plus key. And I just how I've just memorized all these symbols that way so that I have a layer that when I press that key, I can do all those symbols and wow, it's just like super awesome. duper fast now that I'm used to it. But you got to remember, well, I guess like once you, yeah, muscle memory. Yeah. So the way, when I started this, like if you're someone, like if you have a keyboard that can do layers and you want to do a symbol layer, what I recommend is start with parentheses and then work your way up. Like just okay. set up a layer and then set up your parentheses keys. And for me, it's my pinkies. And then you just get used to that. And then you add one more. So then you add brackets and then you add mm. curly brackets then you add a plus and a minus, and then you add like your angle bracket. Like you slowly are like adding. And so I have that now where yeah. I just like, it's, I don't even think about it. I just have this muscle memory of how to mm -hmm. type every symbol with my layer key. So it's, it's awesome. And it feels like super efficient when I'm like programming, but then there it, when but then I, when you move to your laptop, like when I moved to my laptop, it does slow me down a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to like pick up my hand to reach over to hit the bracket key or something like that. And so it does slow me down. I mean, there is Pick up this, your like... hand. You have to pick... <laughs> so everybody, Jesse, like, loves keyboard shortcuts and, and he uses Vim. Wait, now yeah, you're on... Yeah, yeah. Uh... I mean, I'm using Emacs, but it's still Vim short... Yeah, Vim bindings. 
So you don't want to move your hands at all, right? Like you kind I of. I just want to keep them right there. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. right, 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 right in home row. Keep them in their home. They're happy there. I have a confession <laughs> to make. So I am not using those Vim shortcuts anymore. So <laughs> I think because we talked about this on a previous podcast, mm-hmm. I was like getting into it, right, and and sort of trying to learn like the the Vim language. Yeah. But I just figured out the other other day. I think it's slowing me down. It's slowing me down a lot in the in the copy paste kind of arena. Like if I'm trying to move code around. And I think because I'm using VS Code and I'm using the Vim extension in VS Code, it is a little bit buggy. Yeah. And we talked about this too, and I sort of didn't notice it before, but now that I'm getting better at Vim, you're running I'm, into this. I'm, I'm seeing the bugs. Like I'm, yeah. I'm running into it. I'm like, wait, that's not what I wanted it to do. And so now I'm like, ah, oh, it's just slowing me down, and I'm back to oh, normal I'm so, cursor. I'm so and... sad. I mean, if it <laughs> works for you, do what works for you, of course. Yeah, do what works for you. But it does, yeah, yeah. it does break my heart just a, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> small sad violin like six years ago i think I, I had a different ergodox which i built and then i've switched to the ergodox easy and i use uh zilios for the keys which are similar to clear but just like they're a little bit right. nicer that, that just went all over my head i don't yeah. even know what you're talking about <laughs> uh, for for any fellow key keyboard nerds they'll <laughs> know what i'm talking about um <laughs> yeah yeah cool i've seen the ergodox i've been tempted by it like it looks if, if you have any hand pain i feel like this is so customizable, yeah. Yeah, so I I do, I have the SA profile, which like I said, is kind of that retro, yeah. kind of really tall keys. And I'm also, I'm using the the Mido uh, laser keycaps. And so mm-hmm. the, it's kind of this, like an 80s, like it's 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 just like the, the theme I use in VS Code that I sort of ported to Emacs. So it's mm-hmm. like very like purples with like a couple bright pinks and mm-hmm. like it's got that very uh what's what like vaporwave kind of uh yeah vibe yeah to it. like synth wave kind yeah, of yeah synth wave that's it's more more synth wave than synth vaporwave. Wave. yeah yeah that retro if there's anyone in our audience that knows the idiosyncrasy the tiny nuance between vaporwave and synth wave my keycaps are more synth wave but most people those sound like the exact same thing <laughs> <laughs> We probably should wrap up. Yeah, we did. We we went over one category and we did go a little bit long. So next week, it's going to be interesting to see how we do this lightning round. Uh, yeah, because yeah. we have, I'm looking now, there's like 20 products we're going to go through next week somehow. It'll, it'll be a fun adventure as we figure it out. <laughs> this week and last week was quality over quantity. Next week is just going to be quantity. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, it's good, good to chat, fun to chat about it because, like I said last week, I don't really have any friends that I can nerd out about this stuff on and now you're making me look at the Ergodox Easy Keyboard. I have seen it before, but, yeah, it's just like you didn't mention this, but you can also, like, change the height and the angle to any sort of combination you want. Like there's all those little legs on the keyboard oh, that you can, yeah. you can mm-hmm. really – you can tilt it whatever angle you want, which from an ergonomic perspective is it's very nice. amazing. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at it now going, oh my God, that's another I will say, hole. so they have the Moonlander also. That's their newer one. Yes, I saw And that. I don't like the Moonlander as much. It okay. sounds like on, on the page, I think it looks kind of cooler, but I like the additional thumb keys that you get with the Ergodox. It has more thumb keys available. And I use those for like media control, which is really nice. You know, like Ooh. volume, pause, play, next, previous, all that. Like it's really handy having all those kind of right there. But I do... Some people do like the Moonlander more. Sometimes they just get it right the first time. Yeah, exactly. And uh-huh. I see this with quite a few products, but like, yeah, sometimes it's just like the first one's great. Like you didn't need to change it. Like you said, I love getting to nerd out about this stuff. So it's great that we can do it here. And hopefully some of our audience is enjoying the nerding out as well. 
other than that, I'll see you next week. Cool. See ya.